Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're talking about the 2017 CBBC series, Creeped Out. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Adam. Hello, hello. So we're coming up to uh, the modern day in this one after um, tooling around in the 80s and 90s quite a bit. This um, creeped out is from last year. So, um, hey kids, we're bang up to date. <laughs> um, like Steve Buscemi in that meme. Yeah, that's that's us. Um, <laughs> um, and. Um, yeah, pretty excited to to talk about this because um, I mean you you watched it when it was when it was on. Yeah, um, and I was it was the kind of thing I thought had gone forever from the television. Um, mm. Like you know, I know there's Doctor Who and such, mm. but like I, I guess like maybe I should have guessed that with anthology shows coming back into fashion, like with Black Mirror and mm. Inside Number Nine, that there would be something like this for kids but it just totally kind of blindsided me and yeah I thought it was great really thrilling um really ghoulish and Mm -hmm. with some genuinely nice twists like it brought back what I really like about uh Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark Mm. um but obviously with much better production values um and some really great cinematography as well yeah um so it's yeah, as you said, it's um, it's an anthology show. Um, it made um, between Britain and Canada. So some some episodes are are filmed in Britain and some in Canada. Um, they each tell a different story, um, but they're linked by a masked character called the Curious, who appears at the beginning of each episode. Um, uh, has a sort of object that's related to the story and um, his whistle is um, said to indicate that something creepy is about to happen. Um, and his face is obscured by a, a smooth clay mask. Yeah. Sort of... Yeah. Kind of like if if a kid had to try to make their own hockey mask at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just had like some paper mache or clay or something, and yeah, they went yeah, to school when like... everyone was kind of creeped out by them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um. that maybe that's the reveal. You know, we we don't know uh, who the curious is. So if there's another season, as I'm very much hoping there is, you know, yeah, th- there's a potential story for them. <laughs> maybe that's how he, how he came into existence. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey. Um, the protagonists are sort of, I guess, sort of between about 
13 and 17, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah a, a range of yeah. teenage characters, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's very cool and creepy and, yeah, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think this one both gets... Uh, both gets our thumbs up. Like mm. I, I really loved it. <laughs> um, so, how many episodes were there in this so series? There were thirteen episodes, appropriately. Um, mm. But the season was split uh, into two parts. So there was a a bit of a break at the end of the year, and then uh, finished off in the new year, basically. Mm. Um. Uh, so. Adam sent me a list of his favourite ones to watch. So, so Adam's seen all of them, and I've just seen the the selected highlights. Um, but uh, yeah, and still possibly too many to talk about. But we'll yes, we'll try to cover all the bases at least very briefly. But uh, we're yeah. going to focus on a on a select few. And it's mm. it's worth noting that the series uh, is created by Bede Blake and Robert Butler. And yep. they uh, generally as a writing pair, but occasionally individually, wrote all the episodes except for episode 10, Shed No Fear, um, which was written by Dennis McGrath, which I did think had a slightly different tone to it than the other episodes. It was more of a kind of sci-fi adventure. It felt more like a kind of Spielberg thing. Um, oh, okay. From the eighties, um, which was nice in its own way um, and quite charming, but yeah, it mm. felt tonally I thought quite different to the other ones, which makes sense when I I then found out that mm. Butler and Blake did write all the other episodes. Yeah. Um, so shall we start at the beginning? Um, sure, uh, with slapstick. Yeah, episode one, slapstick. Um, which I don't know hits all my buttons. I love because <laughs> it has puppets in it. Yeah, well, I love creepy puppets. Uh, oh, yeah. did, did, did you watch it with Bert? Oh, I should have. Bert's my um, uh, <laughs> Bert is a puppet that Adam made for me. Um, who has a head made out of a coconut, um, and a little floral dress. Um, uh, yes, no, Bert's. That's lovely. He, I'm sure. I'm sure he would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Or, or well, <laughs> maybe he would have been a bit upset by the puppet representation. I, actually, yeah, it's <laughs> true. It's not. Um... <laughs> um, so, so do you want to? Uh, yeah, what's it about? Um, so, Slapstick is a kind of classic. Kind of be careful what you wish for episode. Um, so Jesse, who about 13 um is really embarrassed by her parents who are quite like loud and boisterous and have fun <laughs> in a sort of way that she finds incredibly embarrassing um and um so they they kind of embarrass her in front of the the cool girls that she wants to impress um so she storms off and is to sits down on the beach where there's a puppet show happening um and it's uh, afterwards, the um, the boy who's collecting the money says, "Oh, someone wants to speak to you." And she goes up, and it's it's a puppet. It's Mister Black Teeth, 
who is um not a dentist uh, no not a dentist but not um, a dentist by any means no he's sort of wearing a, a suit and a cravat and it's uh a sort of pale face and dark eyes and wild wild hair it's quite sort um, of rakish in his way yeah <laughs> like, yeah reminds me of like edward carspell of the legendary pink dots actually <laughs> <laughs> um, um and he has a proposition for her um which is um that she can make her parents do whatever she likes um and all she has to do is knock on her head three times and say that's the way to do it um so she does, um, and he uh, sort of <laughs> laughs maniacally, and she sort of runs back, um, and uh, she goes back to her parents. And the next day, she finds that her parents have become like puppets and just do what she tells them to do. So, in a way, the plot's like an inverted big kids. Hmm. Do you remember the programme Big Kids? It was on a little bit after our childhoods. My younger brother and sister watched it. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I didn't see it. Okay, so it was about uh, this family who goes to a hypnotist, and um, basically there's a there's a trigger word uh, or words which over the course of the the series the the two kids have to work out. But the idea is that this trigger word, the two parents revert to being children. Oh, okay. And start acting very immaturely and chaotically and, you know, the the kids have to be on their lookout and sort things out. So, Mm -hmm. in a way, it's a sort of inversion of that formula in as much as the parents at first are very silly and um, chaotic and Mm. embarrassing uh, and then um, actually our protagonist, um, Jesse, played by Sidney Wade wants the uh the parents to to be more adult right uh she yeah. wants wants them to be more sensible um, yeah so she so she gets them to come to the to the party of um the 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 most popular girl um whose parents are very polished and sort of the opposite of hers um yeah equipped capable connected (laughs) um and um and her her parents just sort of do what she's told them to do which is just have this sort of rictus grin um whenever anyone talks to them um um yeah and um and sort of in the kind of tradition of the, you know, be careful what you wish for sort of episode, she realises that she doesn't, <laughs> this isn't actually what she wants, you know, her parents just being expressionless and robotic. Just automatons um, for her desires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, in a, sort of one of the, the, there's one of the creepiest moments possibly of the series is, um, when Jessie gets tired of her parents being puppets and says, you know, oh, just go back to how you, <laughs> go back to how you were. And they, they both turn to her in unison and say expressionlessly, and how do we go back to how we were? <laughs> 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 um, but then there's, there's kind of this further horror that, 
it doesn't reverse after Jessie's learned her lesson. Is that she has to, she goes to find Mr. Blacktooth again. And in order to reverse this, she has to uh, find understudies. Okay, so her parents have become the puppets in the puppet show. So they're now performing the Punch and Judy. And she has to entrap a new teenager who's embarrassed by their parents to do the same thing that she has done and find understudies to take the place of her parents <laughs> in the puppet show. In a presumably <laughs> infernal cycle. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, uh, quite a cruel twist. But it is, as you yeah. Say, it's not just enough that she learns her lesson, that there's a kind of benevolence to the fact that despite having learned her moral lesson, she's then morally implicated um, mm. <laughs> into this maniacal puppet scheme. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she, she ends up really being in the position of being puppeteered, at least like morally, uh, by, yeah. by the puppet. <laughs> Um, in in a sense, it reminds me. Have you read any Thomas Ligotti? No. He's uh, I, don't, I don't always like him. Sometimes he's a bit clever, clever. But he's an adult horror writer, and he mm. he uses puppets a lot in his stories mm. um, as I guess uh, embodied representations of humans not having free will essentially. Mm. So I think he sees humans as just being, um, you know, the, 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 these sort of hollowed out vessels that see themselves as being self-determining, but aren't actually. Um, mm. And this kind of struck me as being like Thomas Ligotti for kids, basically. <laughs> um, that that, uh, that y y you can't escape the machinations of power, basically, <laughs> that, 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 that she ends up being kind of ensnared in this awful system at the end. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just the fact that it offers kind of no hope and no get-out clause, I think, for a, the first episode of a new kids' uh -huh. TV show is pretty gutsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you might think, you might expect that... Um, and overthrow Mr. Blackteeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> his, his scheme goes on um, <laughs> un uninterrupted. So, um, so was there anything else that you found sort of unexpected about the episode? Like, did you have certain expectations going into Creeped Out? Uh, as this, as like the representative of, this is what this series is going to be like. You know, how did you find it? Um, I think it, it sort of lived up to my expectations, um, of, I was, well, I was hoping for, for creepy stories and I got them. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did, um, I was interested in how it used technology, um, or the the stories about technology and how it incorporated that. Um, yeah, well, uh, I, I think that's I, you know you got to meet kids where they're at. Um, yeah, yeah. Like 
I keep struggling with this. Obviously, I don't teach kids, you know, I'm teaching undergrads, but with the first years, you know, 18, 19. And I've noticed that, you know, I teach film and they have very different viewing habits to what I'm used mm. to and what, you know, I have or had when I was younger. That they, some of them just don't go to the cinema or haven't gone to the cinema for years and they watch films on their phone uh, or on a tablet. Um, mm. And generally, the way they watch things is they. You know, and this is a generalisation, but a lot of them, yeah, watch things while having one eye on a game, one eye on the programme, or while texting. And at first, mm. you know, I found this quite frustrating. I was like, you know, I didn't want them to look at their phones, but I've tried to kind of accept the fact that they engage with media in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, 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 that is what it is. Um, so I'm trying to write a module at the moment called Not Going to the Cinema, um, mm-hmm. which is all about, say... The, the fact that that's not how how most young people <laughs> take in media anymore, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that um, it was trying to do that. And it didn't feel like two old fuddy-duddies, you know, lecturing uh-huh. the kids about the dangers of internet addiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... So did you want to talk about Marty, which is... Yeah, that, I mean, that does seek into Marty, um, which sort of seems like it might be a kind of story about the perils of technology and spending too much time looking at your phone, but actually that's not where the horror really ends up coming from at all. <laughs> no, um, I, I'd agree for that. You know, it, it, at first you think it's Black Mirror for kids, but I, I think it's yeah. I think it's actually doing something more interesting and more sophisticated mm. than that. So in Marty, um, this is one of the Canadian ones. So the high school age uh, protagonist, Kim, um, wants to become more popular. Um, so she orders a new phone, but it has these capabilities that are sort of beyond anything um, she could have imagined. And it has this AI helper called Marty, who sort of quickly boosts her sh- social status by composing texts and posts and things for her. Um, and, uh, getting her into the um, the clique. Um, but after a while, his sort of interventions become like his, but it sort of definitely starts to take on a um, personality as he begins to sort of control Kim's life um, sort of with threats that you will know, destroy her newfound popularity if she doesn't go along with sort of treating Marty as her boyfriend essentially she's uh, Um, sort of coerced into taking uh, Marty to the prom and has to dress him up in a little tuxedo a a tiny foam tuxedo (laughs) Um, um, so yeah so Marty won't won't let her talk to um to another boy um and um so so at the school and she she tries to um she tries to destroy the phone or but it's um it can't be destroyed um her which uh, leads to another evocatively horrible line which is a uh, i can't be broken kim but you can um <laughs> <laughs> That um, so she she leaves at the school dance. She leaves the phone in the bathroom, um, 
and to to get a dance with the boy that she likes but marty ends up taking revenge by sort of airing all her friends sort of dirty laundry in public and um um and then it sort of takes her 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 old friend who she's sort of sidelined um to um to tell her to that that now sort of marty has no power over her because he's done what what he was threatening to and you know destroyed her her social standing so she pushes the phone into some wet concrete and entombs marty yes outside the school although there's a slightly sicky making twist at the end right mm. that marty is still being visited yeah, she still, she still sometimes uh, kneels down to to talk to him in the in the concrete. So a little, although a, li- a little bit yeah. like uh, in in the League of Gentlemen, um, where uh, her lip um, buries uh, teenage boys <laughs> in 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 the soil, and um, <laughs> they're, they're they're left with. Uh, breathing like a breathing tube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you see him come back to Royston Basie and kneel down over the soil, uh, whispering <laughs> to the boy in tune. <laughs> uh, they didn't do this, but they said that originally they planned in the third season for him to go to like a sort of a field or a park, and there just to be all of these tubes uh, you know, sticking out of the ground. <laughs> um. I mean, I guess this is something that goes back to Edgar Allan Poe, right? Hmm. Entombed alive. I mean, you know, it's hard to say whether Marty would get claustrophobic, you know, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But so for you, this wasn't really about the perils of technology. No, I think it it definitely evolved very much into being about abusive relationships. Yeah, Um, I'd agree with that. um, So... Yeah, Marty becoming increasingly controlling and coercive and isolating Kim and uh, not allowing her to talk to to boys or anything that he disapproves of. Um, Yeah. Um, And I think really this shows the power of allegory or allegory is best because mm. I think, you know, a lot of programmes say you know like Hollyoaks and you know I, I think Hollyoaks is actually surprisingly good for progressive issues like you know mm. my sister loves Hollyoaks so I've watched a fair amount of it and it's often surprised me by how decent its politics are mm-hmm. um, but it's very heavy-handed right mm-hmm. and I think the danger with soaps or programs like Grange Hill or Biker Grove kids feel like they're being lectured at potentially mm. And also, it's kind of, in a way, it's easier to recognise things on screen when you've got these characters and these character archetypes. And so you, you might see a character you, you know and you've you know you spent time with and something like Grange Hill getting into a, an emotively abusive relationship and he might mm. 
potentially think as a child for you, oh, well, you know, that's them, that, that happens to their character, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to square that with yourself, necessarily. Mm. Whereas I think something allegory is very good at doing is because it doesn't do that in the same way, you know, uh, because it's clearly not just um, something that could happen as is. There's, you know, there has to be this imaginative process for the viewer, right? To work mm. out, okay, what's really going on? Or what does this mean? And so allegory invites some kind of reflective engagement, Right. The, yeah. Um, and I think actually in terms of communicating these difficult but important themes to kids, um, that's going to be a lot more effective and a lot more interesting. I think it treats kids um, as more intelligent viewers as mm. well. Um, and, you know, I think kids are intelligent viewers. And so I think most kids watching this will be able to work out what's going on and by the end of it we'll sort of understand what this was about yeah um and i think yeah i think it definitely um i think it definitely shows the the very like the how that kind of transition of a relationship sort of becoming becoming abusive like and um well the episode gives enough time to show the slow drift right yeah and that 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 it is sort of charming at first but then but then that 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 sort of gradually goes sour um yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was a big um, fan, I say fan, I was very impressed with the Home Office's This Is Abuse campaign from a few years ago, which I thought was very effective. It showed before uh, some films for teenagers. Um, mm. And I think they were very good and very hard-hitting. Um, but yes, because of their, their length, you know, they were just tiny micro-films. They could only focus on moments, right? Um, yeah. And that, 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 that's good too. But yeah, I do think the power of something like this, where you've got, you know, half an hour or so um, to open up a narrative means that, yeah, you can, you can really show, show it as a process, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was actually quite powerful. Um, although yeah. not without its moments of comedy, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I say, the, uh, there's a curious bit which my, my sister found very funny. I don't know. It's a, I don't know if it's something about how how the phone uh, spoke, but um, <laughs> a, a bit where where Marty um, sees, I suppose, uh, Kim talking to another boy and goes, "Ah, in front of my eyes." <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the enraged uh, robot radio we were talking about with uh, yeah. the Paper House last week. <laughs> Phoebe said it reminded her of something Eric Cartman might say in South Park. <laughs> in front of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely something kind of funny about this very angry but in like 
phone. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> well, I, th- I think on one, I, I, in terms of technology, I think you know that is also quite relatable because, like you know, I do the Wii Fit, and <laughs> I'm not trying to say that the Wii Fit is emotionally abusive. Um, no. But it does sometimes feel like it's been rather designed to make you feel bad. <laughs> Like, like when when you step on it, it goes ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Um, and then, like, if you don't use it for a while, it's a, it's like you know, where have you been? <laughs> like, um, okay, and then like, it'll do these sort of really passive aggressive things. Like one time, I didn't use it for a couple of weeks, and <laughs> I went on it, and it was like it, it's been a while. Phoebe, and it's like it knows I'm not Phoebe. I've put my username in. There's no way it was genuinely mistaken, right? <laughs> so all, all that was was a dig at me for not having used it for a while. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, you know, I don't use uh, Siri. Um, mm. Because, I don't know. I mean, I, I do like her tendency um, to laugh inexplicably at random moments. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's pretty good. Um, but and, and it's quite fun when you go around someone's house and they've got Siri because you can just have endless fights commandeering the music system. Because oh. <laughs> you can just go, you know, Siri, play Stairway to Heaven. And then someone will go, no, Siri, play Beethoven's Fifth. No, Siri, play Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Volume 10. Volume 0. This happened last time I went round my friend Lewis's. (laughs) Speaking of... um, Speaking of music... Speaking of music on a phone. <laughs> um, bravery badge. Bravery badge. Um, do you want to talk about bravery badge? Since um, you're, well, you're maybe, maybe to a degree, but I hated mm. scouts. You know? <laughs> so bravery badge is like a scout like organisation. And yeah. I might have said this before, but the only reason... I went to Beavers, Cubs, Scouts, then Explorers. The only reason I stayed in the movement after Beavers, which I enjoyed because Beavers was legitimately fun, um, mm. was because you take that awful pledge to God and the Queen. Oh. Right? So, yeah. So, so you, you say, you know, I, I pledged to God and the Queen to uphold the Scout Cub Code and so, something like that. Right? And so I thought yeah. if I left the organisation, that would be the double whammy of both treason and blasphemy. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I don't want to risk that other one, you know, upsetting God and the Queen in one. Oh. <laughs> now that is too rich for my blood. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I just stayed in the movement out of fit. You just suffered yeah, through. Yeah, I hated it. Um, like, uh, you know, having OCD, I, I really couldn't stand camping. Like, you know, not mm. having a proper toilet, having to wee outside was awful. <laughs> Um, I, I couldn't do, I still can't, I mean, you know, I still can't do knots, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think the only thing I really enjoyed was like the backwards cooking, which for a long, long time I thought was backwards cooking. <laughs> like, like I only realised a couple of years ago that it was in the back of the woods. Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought it was because it was called backwards cooking because it wasn't very good. <laughs> like, oh, you're doing it backwards. <laughs> like rubbish cooking. I don't know. Um, but you know, I enjoyed that. You could you know wrap up a banana in tin foil, put it in with chocolate, mm. put it on the bonfire. That was good. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of the badges. You know, I was very dedicated. Mm. But, uh, say motivated by by fear and obedience to to the Lord and the Queen rather than uh, actual enjoyment. <laughs> Sadly. Um, so, 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 Bravely Bad focuses on a character who, who also doesn't like this outdoors organisation she's forced to be a member of, yeah. be it she's uh, just too cool for it, really, uh, like, and cynical. So she's not like I was as a kid, yeah. you know, she's not going along out of fear, but uh, she, 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 she hates it too. Um and she's very cynical about the whole thing. Um, and so they've gone out into these woods on a camping expedition. And um, the the leader tells them kind of, you know, typical creepy story around uh, around the fire uh, about how a previous troop of kids have gone to these woods and gotten lost and never appeared. And, you know, a lot of the kids are scared, but our main character's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But then the kids do start disappearing. Um, and it turns out that, well, there's something uncanny in nature itself that uh, mm. spores uh, of sorts, or it, they might be some kind of alien organism, it's never like kind of clarified, um, that mm. are being released from these plants. And, you know, those those spores that commandeer ants brains oh yes yeah it's very much it's very much like those um i mean they don't burst out of the well, campers heads but uh, can you can you so can you remember how these spores with the ants work um not i mean they they sort of they they end up i don't know inside the ants somehow Yes, yeah, so I get. I get. I so guess they, they eat them, or they and 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 then yeah, ingest them somehow, and then they grow and they infiltrate um, the ant's brain. Yeah, and and burst out well, well, on the top of their yeah, head. Yeah, well, well, so they. I think they commandeer the ant and its nervous system and get the ant to climb mm. to the top of the tip of a stalk of grass. What I'd forgotten. Yeah, this yeah. Bit. In order to spread, uh, in order to spread <laughs> the spore over as large a surface area as possible. Oh wow! So the ant climbs its way up, and then it bursts out the top of the ant's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a David Attenborough one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. David Attenborough's horror show. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so the, these these spores are kind of crawl into the camper's ears, um, and kind of infect them with this sort of music 
Yeah, this sort of this ring kind of, of roses. Creep, creepy lullaby. Um, yeah. So they, they become um, zombie-like kind of characters, I guess. And they, 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 yeah, they, they have this... They all have this sort of horribly vacant smile. Yeah, this rictus grin. <laughs> um, which all of the actors do incredibly well. I'd yeah, say. especially the the scout leader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they they they're sort of running away and they try, they see the scout leader and then she turns around and she has this this expression on her face. Yes, uh, Elizabeth Bauer. <laughs> she, she I, I've written down Kubrick's grin of evil because Stanley comes in like, <laughs> shining and like uh, Full Metal Jacket. You know, he has he, he always has this moment where a character has this awful leering grin, and yeah, yeah. She, she was doing the Kubrick grin. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're they're sort of lurching along and sort of humming this this tune, and um, it eventually takes over all of them except the main character. Um, and she's running through the woods, um, and um, and then she finds that because she's listening to super heavy music on her headphones the whole time. That she finds that this repels the people who are infected with the spores. It's it's true because um, flowers hate metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she 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 starts sort of taking off her headphones and blasting music in the the um, and the the just people sort of curl up in pain as the spores sort of wither and die and wriggle out of their ears. <laughs> um. <laughs> it, it, it looked and made me think of the kind of sentient version of the guns you used to get in 90s TV shows like Get Your Own Back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty gungy. Mm. Um, and, um, and then, like, right at the end, the, the first person who disappears, sort of, so they've they've kind of rescued the rest of the troop by, by blasting this music at them. And then the first person reappears and she's, she's found the, the old scout, the original troop who disappeared in the eighties. <laughs> um, <laughs> <sort> of <laughs> um, in their thirties and forties. <laughs> so, like lurching along. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you wonder yeah. what kind of life they've made for themselves in the world. Uh, you do. Yeah just been yeah photosynthesizing wandering around the woods for for 30 years yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I found this one of the creepiest or one of the scariest of the yeah. series um, and I watched some of the kids react to videos um, on CVVs online and it, it yeah. se- this seemed to be the one that creeped out the most kids yeah yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it's it's pretty creepy. Um, the um, it's sort of the suspense of you don't know when they're going to, people are going to turn and sort of they have to you know the kind of zombie movie thing of the friends becoming infected and then having to run away from them and the group dwindling. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure as <laughs> I'm sure Blake and Butler are well aware it uh, neatly literalises 
the term earworm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's um, and it's a uh, yeah, it's obviously like another interesting word in relation to technology because it's uh, very much it's uh, it's their phones that 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 save them in the end, <laughs> and uh, there's a an image of them all holding up their phones, playing music at the at the last at the troop that have reappeared to <laughs> to kill off the spores. So um, a, a happier yeah. ending than slapstick. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it perhaps would have been a, a bit too downbeat uh, after all that <laughs> if it had ended <laughs> on a, on a yeah. more defeatist note. Um, the episode that also scared me a lot was cat food. Um, oh yeah, uh, which involves a kind of Ferris Bueller style obnoxious kid um <laughs> yeah. who uh, fakes being ill uh but ends up like uh bart in bart after dark you know the <laughs> simpsons episode where bart breaks his letter he ends up spying on ned flanders with his telescope through yeah. the window yeah, yeah yeah it sort of ends up like this so you know um the kid spends his time looking out the window and then sees this old lady up to various suspicious activities and uh, she she turns out to be something akin to the Grinny, um, so a demonic alien, uh, old lady from folklore uh, who who, who uh, bathes herself in cat food, um, which seemed to be sort of one upping the comic relief baked beans challenge. I thought, <laughs> yeah, um, um. but mo- mostly I like this one for the just per- pitch perfect casting. Of, of the elderly lady um, yeah. <laughs> um, because I've written down I don't mean this to be cruel so I've, I've written in brackets Jim Broadbent face and what, what oh no mm. so what I mean by that I don't mean that she looks exactly like Jim Broadbent but I find Jim Broadbent very disturbing if I'm honest mm. I'm sure he seems like you know a pretty decent human being but when especially when he's in roles which require him to be disturbing um, mm. like Moulin Rouge so. his face just sort of turns into sort of evil putty <laughs> yes evil putty face <laughs> precisely <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, it, it just looks too soft mm. like the, the, there's something I don't know soft and slack and <laughs> Just me and my little knife. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's uh, Brazil again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that <laughs> just something about his face that, that, you know, he looks like a kind old man, but actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, I, I, I. So if they can get Jim Broadbent for the next season. Um, mm. that that, that yeah. would be ace yes <laughs> yes definitely um, um, and and sort of the idea it's a so the old lady so it's a kind of um, parasitic host type deal um, where she has to find a new body um, to to inhabit to keep her 
herself alive. Yes, kind of, um, kind of like being John Malkovich, which is one of my, one of my favourite films. So. Yeah, like being John Malkovich or like, yeah, in... <laughs> we're making lots of references to this episode, but it's fine. <laughs> um, in um, a, a creepy and non-consensual version of uh, The Trill in um, in Star Trek. Ah. <laughs> uh, or or um, a little bit like The Ancestor, which is a, John, a very creepy John Chiito comic. Um, manga mm. um, but in that one uh, each ancestor <laughs> somehow remains joined at the skull to each preceding ancestor <laughs> so they end up as a ridiculous ancestral worm like joined like each each skull like sort of sliced off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow <laughs> So yeah, there's there's quite a few um, parasitic uh, body swapping um, stories yeah. out there. But, so what's the yeah. episode you found scariest? Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, it's possibly Kindle Sticks. <laughs> it is a great it's a great <laughs> title. Which is a great title. I just, um, I really enjoyed this episode, and it just has a has a great twist at the end. Um, so, Kin- Kindlesticks um, it's about Esme, who is a sort of proudly terrible babysitter, whose um, shtick is that she terrifies kids um, she sits for into submission um, by telling them a story about the night night man, um, and then just at the sort of critical bit of the story um she has her friend burst through the door sort of covered in leaves pretending to be the night night man and chasing the kids to their beds um so she can have the house to herself for the evening um and she's been doing this pretty successfully for a while but and she babysits um her kid called ashley who um who is not only not scared by her night night man antics but um tells her that she's going to be punished by uh, a figure called kindlesticks for being mean to kids um so sort of various uncanny things start happening um in the house um and um ashley tells her that it's kindlesticks so the uh her friend who she's sort of trying to seduce i guess it's scared out of the house um and um kindlesticks ends up sort of showing her pictures of the the kids that she sat for in tears and like you know this is what you did <laughs> um and um kind of chasing her around the house objects flying everywhere she sort of huddles in a in a cupboard in a cupboard with ashley who's then sort of taken by Kindlesticks and sort of just, and she's sort of hiding in this closet by herself and this, this uh, sort of red eyes approaching from above her and then the lights turn on and it turns out that it's Ashley just sort of with some some torches and a big coat and she's like, oh, oh, it was you all along. Oh, oh, I learned my lesson, sort of thing. Mm. Um <laughs> Um, but do you want to say what the twist is? But <laughs> yeah, but the twist is that um, <laughs> when the parents come home, uh, 
it's, it's a, an interesting androgynous name twist. <laughs> that, um, they say um, that. Uh, oh yeah, you know Ashley. She's she's been. You know, she's, oh, she's been asleep all night. And she's like, Ashley's a girl. <laughs> and goes into the room and there's, a, there's like Ashley asleep in the bed. And it's a, like a little girl. It's not, not the figure who she's been seeing <laughs> all night. Like, wait, that's Ashley. <laughs> and then she runs out of the room and on the stairs, there's, a, there's the, the kid who we've been seeing who is Kindle sticks and his eyes glow red. <laughs> it's very enjoyable. I did like that. Yeah, it's quite a ghoulish episode. Yeah. <laughs> I like that um, the Kindlesticks kid uh, seems to be dressed up like Max from Where the Wild Things Are. Mm. Like in his romping suit. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the episode that reminded me the most of the Goosebumps TV series. Actually, I thought mm. it was quite Goosebumpsy acting, generally. And yeah. the uh, sort of dynamic and slightly uh, flamboyant, like cinematography like i've noted mm-hmm. here that a bin gets a pov shot at one point <laughs> i'm very much in favor of inanimate objects being given point of view shots in in films <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean effectively it's a, well it plays out like a haunted house mm-hmm. episode or, or film uh so yeah so it, it's quite Episodic, it has quite stop-start rhythms, but I think because it keeps mm. you on your toes so much, it doesn't really matter. You're very much waiting for the next thing to pop out. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and it's very, very clear moral in that one. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Um. D- don't don't, some, some don't, of them don't be quite... a babysitter. So some some kids are tougher tougher than they look. <laughs> so if you and the there's a creepy guardian of children who might punish you. Yeah, if you. So only yeah. only bully the kids that only that, only bully the smallest. Yes, I only believe the smallest kids. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> don't 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 write in and complain, parents. <laughs> don't yeah. don't bully any. Don't bully kids. any kids. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> not even if you're Kindle sticks. He's a protector of kids. Um. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do. Let's do. Uh, texture of the week. Texture of the week. Um. <laughs> um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to start buying instruments. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids' ones, like toy tambourine. Mm. Um. Well, I guess. I guess my my texture was going going to be the gunk from. Bravery badge. Hmm. Uh, I just really like. I liked how it seemed kind of gelatinous but insectoid at the same time. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Quite Cronenbergy. Yeah. Um. How about you? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really. Don't know. I sort of struggled to find one this week, hmm. even though 
it's odd, as there definitely are good textures. Um, I've decided on the baby tangled up in seaweed. Oh, um, yes. From uh, the episode The Call, which we haven't mentioned, which is um, about sirens. Um, but they they find the, the main character as a baby on a beach, and she's all just sort of tangled up in a patch of seaweed, which I, I quite enjoyed. And <laughs> <laughs> um, possibly also um, Jessie's mum in slapstick, sort of sticking marshmallows into her mouth robotically. <laughs> oh, yes. F- filling her cheeks with marshmallows. <laughs> fuzzy bunny, fuzzy bunny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> possibly the nose of the bully in Trolled. Ah, so I haven't seen that uh, one. So uh, it's about, well... It, 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 it literalizes the title, so uh, internet mm. troll becomes a troll. Uh, but mm. this happens gradually, and at first, his nose just swells up to a ginormous size, um, ah. and and looks, I guess, very troll-like. Um, but yeah, that that one isn't the strongest. I thought it was a little bit pat, um, mm-hmm. like perhaps just the the metaphors too literal, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like I liked the sort of focus on the potential horrors of puberty. You know, body transformation is generally effective mm. in kids' horror, but um, there was the potential towards like using facial deformities as a site of horror. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt a bit like an episode around the twist, but without perhaps the charm. I think around the twist, because around the twist could get very grotesque, right? Like it was yeah. pretty gross out, yeah. like rewatching bits of uh-huh. around the twist. But I think it kind of got away with it because it has a lot of charming characters. Mm. So even though, yeah, it has some icky stuff like the spaghetti. I always remember there's that episode where there's a TV remote that actually controls time. And then there's a spaghetti eating contest, which is put into reverse. Oh, yeah. And so someone had, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, oh, yeah. Know, I mean, anyone, even OCD or not, I think, would find that uh, pretty nauseating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> but, uh, and some of the episodes are sort of more sentimental than others. Um, albeit sometimes effectively, A Boy Called Red um, is quite good. It actually reminded me quite a lot of William Sleezer. Um, mm. and uh, sort of you know brought up feelings for me uh, around my father. Um, so it's sort of about you know um, a kid befriending his own father when they were a kid uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> through time travel means. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's important to sometimes remember that your parents were children too, and try to imagine them as children. I think this is this is a healthy activity. I think yeah, the series definitely did a good job of showing how horrible it is to be thirteen, um, or around that age. Yeah, which I think is is what you want in kids' horror. You know, you want something that feels empathetic, um, mm. but creepy at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you have any other? No, just just that it's thoroughly recommended, really. And mm. you know, I you know, I made a, a BuzzFeed post uh, 
giving reasons why it's better than Black Mirror. And, you know, mm. it's slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I genuinely do enjoy it more than Black Mirror. Um, mm. Like, Black Mirror, they're individual episodes I've liked very much. Mm. Um, but I just find the cynicism exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I find the kind of relentlessness of its pessimism it just kind of wears me out and sometimes it feels a bit pleased with itself mm-hmm. um so i'm very fond of charlie brooker uh so i don't, I don't want to be too disparaging <laughs> but um yeah the, the last season i just found a bit heavy going and i don't know mm-hmm. whereas i think you know yeah creeped out to kids show but I, I think it does a better job at balancing um horror with a basic belief in human beings potential for for kindness <laughs> and compassion <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, any last thoughts um i think uh punch and judy is a a great source of horror oh well yeah un- undoubtedly undoubtedly <laughs> so um. <laughs> um and um yes uh all for things that mind that particular frightening uh <laughs> so, so so you hoping for a future episode about uh a, a terrible crocodile who steals some sausages yes yeah <laughs> 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 Um, our intro music's by Maki Yamazaki our outro music's by Jay Kelly our artwork's by Letty Wilson give all their details in the show notes you can find us on Twitter at stillscaredpod or email us at stillscaredpodcast at gmail.com mm. oh um, do you oh, have a sign gosh, for us? Oh, every time every... <laughs> I'm sorry uh, uh, um, um, this is how you sign off and that's the way to do it that's the way to do it, creepy kids. Yeah, that's the way to do it, creepy <laughs> kids. See you next time. Bye.